We understand that a plane crashed into the World Trade Center. The number of UFO sightings in Canada is soaring tenfold over the past 25 years. Tim Peeler swears he had an encounter with one of the most legendary beasts in history, Bigfoot. You'd think that with the beautiful photographs that we have of our round blue planet, it would convince any doubt. But there are still some who insist that the world is flat. Angry people who are convinced coronavirus is nothing more than a sinister plot to control their lives. But what do these conspiracy theorists know that we don't? We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. And this is Why Would They Lie? Hello, everyone, and welcome to our third podcast. Uh, we're talking about climate change today. Uh, my name's Crypto, and I'm joined by the fantastic Bambi. Diddly diddly. <laughs> and uh, the wonderful Kai. Howdy. And the ever um, the evergreen Indio. How's everyone today? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Um, right. Um, so, guys, how's how's everyone's week been? Before we introduce our guest. Amazing. Uneventful. <laughs> oh, it's been the way I like it. You know, as boomers, we like things slow. Yeah, that's all you can do. <laughs> There's not really a sport mode, is there? Wow. You get up at your Crocs in sport mode. You just lean in straight away. Get off my lawn, Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Hit me? <laughs> Hit me with your walking stick? I'll take my teeth out. We can go right now. I got one good one left in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it out. Oh, fantastic. Go fill um, gums. Okay, guys, and we're joined by uh, Zanik today for our um, for our episode. So, hello, Zanik, how are you doing? Doing great. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem at all. Thank you very much for coming on. So, um, as usual, when we start these um, when we start these shows, we normally like to give our guests uh, enough time to kind of make their case. So, first of all, if you could just let us know what your case is and why we should, uh, you know, why we should be persuaded by your point of view. Well, I think everyone's heard the term climate change. First, it was global warming. So this climate crisis, my position is that it's been grossly exaggerated for political uh, gain and also monetary gain by some of the companies that, that feed into that, that, uh, that group think, uh, that the governments have well overblown up a proportion, out of proportion the, the threat that climate change has to the world. And I mean the threat that man has caused the climate to change. We know that man has an influence. How much is, is the devil's in those details? That climate does change. Uh, it's been changing for, for millions and millions of years, and it will continue to change in the future. There's no way that we are now, in the last 100 years or so, in the perfect climate. That we're, like, The whole evolution of the Earth over four and a half billion years but this particular segment of 100 years is exactly where the Earth should be, and it's a perfect climate. Uh, I don't think anyone with, a, with half a brain would, un, would believe that or think that, yet they, they seem to, to lean that way. And so uh, my position is that man does have an effect. It's a very small effect, and the data supports that uh, over proxy data in the past and actual satellite and high-technology data that we've developed um, over the past 50 years. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Does anyone have any questions on that, on that so far? Well, I also heard now they're throwing out this term called climate injustice. That's the newest term on the block. Is that where guys... people that are more susceptible to the effects of the climate changing are being? Yes, it's they're making it ignored? racial now. So now it's not only climate change, but it's racial injustice. So they call it climate injustice. Isn't that great? The official. Now we had another dimension. We had another dimension yes. to the, the Yes, the next level. Now not only is it, uh, not only do we not care about the planet, we don't care about those people that are most likely affected mm -hmm. by the climate's change, right? Exactly. The official <laughs> definition is climate, climate injustice is a term, to, a term used to frame global warming as an ethical and political issue rather than one that is purely environmental or physical in nature. So, yeah, that's the new, the new term on the block. <laughs> they went from global warming to climate change. Now it's climate injustice. Yes. <laughs> they, tried to, they tried to bring in a term called extreme weather. I don't know if you guys remember that. That, that, was, mm -hmm. that was about a year they were trying to give extreme weather. And then multiple studies came out that the, the weather was exactly as it was before, more or less. So they kind of mm -hmm. dropped that, but they went back to climate change. Records are always meant to be broken. They've been being broken ever since time began. And they'll continue to get broken. And I don't think they can pay, pin all, all of it on man. I think the fact that they can think that they could pin it on man as the primary cause is just beyond me. But then when you think about what, they're, what, they have the goal, what they have the game by doing that, then it all kind of makes sense. Would you think there's an arrogance to that worldview as well? Like we, we are gods of this realm and we can ultimately control its destiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people uh, speak to that occasionally to say um yeah who are who do you think we are that we can have that much of an effect on a, a world this large this power we are so insignificant but I mean, we still have an effect and we still can destroy the earth we want to you know explode nuclear all of our nuclear arsenals in you know in a week yeah we could do incredible harm to the, to the earth but in the end the earth would survive me my yeah, that's, that's an interesting point isn't it when people talk about um saving the earth or whatever um actually it's it's us <laughs> if we <clears throat> you know if we if we um mess up the earth the earth will continue on and yeah. we won't and so yeah. we're really just talking about saving ourselves rather than <laughs> saving it you know um the, the earth that's that's part of the problem they, we we don't want us so we've been i don't know wrongly accused man has been wrongly accused of doing certain things but certainly guilty of others. So um, why don't we focus on the things that we, we can change and we do know that we're, we're like pollution. We, we know that we've destroyed the ozone layer. We, we know we've polluted the world's oceans, rivers, waters, streams, everything, right? We know we've done things to hurt you know, certain uh, natural habitats. We, we know we can stop doing that. But other things, because we're guilty of that, doesn't mean we're guilty as a straw man to think we're guilty of everything else too. Well, if you're guilty of this, then you must be guilty of everything, right? Well, it, like Crypto said, it's the height of arrogance to think that you can control the temperature of the Earth. Like you had a thermostat somewhere that you can, you know, move it around and change the temperature and then hold it static to what you perceive as the perfect temperature. Which goes into what you're saying about, you know, how do they think right now is like where it should be? There is no where it should be. Nature dictates where it is, and it's never going to be in one 
static place. Always going to change. It's uncontrollable. You guys, folk, you guys seem like you know a lot of the, you know, kind of the over, overhanging ideas and ideologies and, and maybe even the science. But how many of you have heard of the Little Ice no science. Age? There's no how science. Many, how, many, how many of you in the, in the group here have heard about the Little Ice Age? I mean, is that familiar? Have people heard about that before? Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of it. It was fairly recent. Uh, and then, of course, the Ice Age, right? Hundreds of thousands of years ago. And in the, in the Roman warming, the medieval warming, have you heard about those terms? Uh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard of all these things, fluctuations of temperature. Yeah, so it was a, it was a it was an incredible warming period in the medieval times, where they were actually farming in Greenland. Greenland, they they have pictures, two hundred feet below the ice level of forests that are frozen in the ice. So what happened then? Why was there this warming then? Why and without man's help, <laughs> the earth warmed. Vikings were you know crossing the North Pole. They were farming in Greenland. There were forests. Now they're covered in ice. What caused the warming then? And is it possible, just a stretch, could it, could it be possible that some of those factors then could be present now, even in the small scale? Because we're still not farming in Greenland, by the way. And going back even further, back in the Roman warming, same type of situation. Incredibly warm temperatures, ice caps melting, sea levels rising. But everything's still, you know, around today. People, we survived. Yeah, and there's a lot of underwater cities. That I know in India, off the coast of India, right? There's cabin. There's Sanskrit legends or whatever that there's all these cities that existed in this place off the coast of India. And there's evidence that they're actually there, and they're all underwater. So they've been underwater for ten thousand years. So, like, what? What did they melt the ice caps? Right. In India, ten thousand years ago, by doing what? Burning fires. Well, then they'll start going back to the solar cycles and uh, you know our tilt of the axis of rotation of the Earth. I mean, they'll go. They'll find all the things they can to say. Well, those things happened then. That's not happening now. Man is strictly the, strictly the cause now of this warming. There's no question about it. It's without question. It's settled science. If you go against it, especially if you're a scientist, you're considered a heretic. It's it's. And you're ousted, ostracized from any scientific, you know, legitimate scientific community, whether it be university or organization. Well, that's where the government funding is. Exactly. The government exactly. is funding for those in, those endeavors, right, to, to research right. or prove or demonstrate, you know, climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it. Right. But if, you can see if you, if you, if you would do a grant. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's do a grant proposal. That that right. says, oh, I want to, I want to test climate change to see if it's actually a real thing. You're not going to get that grant. It's pretty much no. that simple. If you're the guy that says, what if it's PDOs or water vapor in the air that's actually causing this? No, no, no. We're not going to go that direction. Why not? Well, we we we've already we've settled. It's already settled science. We already have the graphs. Here's the data. Man's the cause. It's, you know, you keep on going this way, you're going to be out of a job. And they, that's a threat. That's a threat to their livelihood. Why would they be? This outline wants to go against their boss or this group. They're not going to do that. They, they can't. They'll lose their job. So they don't do it. Unless you have tenure at a university, even then, you don't want to be that, that guy or that girl, right? That is, oh, <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a whack job. She's a, she's a heretic. You know, we'll just ignore her. She just, just let her die on that, on that, in her chair and not listen to her. Take away from responsibility. But she'll still get her paycheck. But... You know, she won't be you know, spoken to at parties, that's for sure. 
Well, and when they talk about man being the cause, see, this is my issue. My, my biggest issue with climate change is when they say, oh, it's man's fault. It's the people that are causing some of the issues that are responsible. And then, and the same token, they will lecture the general public about how we're driving cars too much or not recycling our plastic bottles. Meanwhile, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. Like I just looked this up. So Bill Gates is working on a project and they admit it. This is on CNBC. Um, the article is titled, uh, this Bill Gates funded chemical cloud that could stop uh, that could help stop global warming. And they're saying that they're going to be spraying. Thousands of planes would fly at high altitudes, spraying millions of tons of particles around the planet to create a massive chemical cloud that would cool the surface. And then if you continue in the article, these consequences might be horrific. They might involve things like famine, massive flooding, droughts of kinds that would affect very large populations. So it's like, Okay, they're even admitting that some of the things that they're doing could cause um, effects that would be blamed on global warming, and then they would blame it on us. But it's really the people that are criticizing, right? That are causing the problems. The, it, the funny thing is, it's not that funny. It's that sad, actually. It's one of the most complicated sciences that man knows. There's, it's a non-coupled, chaotic system with infinite, almost seemingly infinite numbers of variables. So they start doing the, and Bill Gates, was he a scientist? He's an engineer, he's a computer scientist, right? He's a college dropout. <laughs> he's a college dropout. <laughs> he, just, he, just my, he just stole my I thunder. hate that guy. <laughs> and I don't, I don't hold a college dropout really against anybody, but he didn't study this. Now, he might be a very bright guy, and I believe he is. He's incredibly smart. But all these smart people suddenly think because they're smart in one discipline, they're smart in another. And it just doesn't work that yes. way. See this all well, the time across many disciplines. Doesn't work. And what's so interesting to me is climate change should supposedly cause massive flooding and and droughts. So if you're working to to stop it, isn't it funny that the consequences of the thing that you're using to help it is just more flooding and drought? Right. <laughs> like, the, theory, the theory there is so there has been studies about. Um, what causes global the temperatures to rise global warming and there's been a lot of movement in areas that are on the outlying scientist arena that have talked about clouds not only insulating and creating warmer temperatures but having the albedo effect where they're reflecting infrared radiation so that it actually has a cooling effect a shading effect that shading effect is not in any of the models and that's subsequently is why most of the models that the ipcc uses nasa uses NOAA uses that are all have never been able to protect, even when they go back to put all the data in, they can't get to the answer, what is the temperature today? They're off by a tremendous amount. So you know, their models don't work. They're, they're good enough for, for most activities or most predictions, but for, the, for what we're talking about, global warming and trends, they're horrible. So there is talk about think that so good. clouds can either insulate, but they also can reflect. So they're thinking that a lot of the warm that we've seen is because the cosmic rays have been cosmic rays coming from the universe around us. They come in and they can they can blow away, excuse me, the solar rays can blow away the cosmic rays. Cosmic rays are actually particles and the particles are needed to seed clouds. And you need clouds because that can provide the shade. They, 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 this is the theory. Now, if the solar events are strong and we can see time-lapse of the sun, how it gets brighter and darker and the sunspots activity and all this, 
radiation, gamma rays and things are coming out. And when they hit the Earth, they'll blow away the cosmic rays. And during those solar events, they've noticed that the cosmic rays have been reduced. And then subsequently, they've, they've correlated with temperatures have been going up because there's less clouds. That's that's one one you know kind of a, pos- a, a popular theory among some of these these uh, PhD physicists and scientists, climatologists and things. So yeah, you're not you know too far off from that. Thinking that this 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 clouds or whatever could or could not or may not help or hurt the temperatures of the Earth. We don't know. We don't know. If, we don't have enough exactly. And that's why I get annoyed is is because it's like, I don't want to talk about climate change until we talk about geoengineering, because that's just as important, you know, and if these people are up to some sketchy stuff, some like, like we said, Bill Gates is a college dropout. So why does he have approval to start messing with our weather? You know, my mom is a staunch, my stepmom, she's a staunch Democrat. And she's she, and she's like every other Democrat that talks like this in this country. Well, he's Bill Gates, and he's I, you know he's a smart guy, and he's you know people are listening to him, and he makes a lot of sense. Have you have you looked at this topic? Have you investigated anything? Have you done read any books on it? No, you're just going off you know just authoritative div- uh, person and saying because he is who he is and how much money he has, he must be he must be smart because he's got all the money. So let's listen to him and go along with it without even without question. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah, I mean, if we're listening to people because they've got money, I mean, should we consult Paris Hilton before, um, you know, (laughs) uh, (laughs) looking at climate, you know, decisions? Oh, we should be talking to Mayweather, bro. Mayweather's got way more money than her. Yeah, true, true, yeah. Um, But, I mean, it kind of, that that leads... Can't even spell. Like, literally, they had him on the radio. He couldn't even spell. But, you know, there's videos of him taking $10 million in cash out of the bank and, like, throwing it in his trunk. So, yeah, let's consult him because he's loaded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could punch someone in the face well and 300 million quid, therefore he's smart. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, it kind of brings brings us neatly into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is this, um, it's like a political point more. You, you guys kind of touched on it earlier, but what I would call like a like a reinforcing loop. So the idea that there's there's money provided for these people who say climate, change is happening there's no money for the people who say climate change isn't happening or isn't caused by man sorry to be more accurate um and so what happens then is that that money goes to people who already believe those things those people are then seen as authoritative they then teach the next generation the next generation is then taught in that way of thinking because that's where the money is right and then those people then move into government as experts and then fund the next generation so it's it's just a loop of people who just reinforce that same worldview and there's no no one's allowed to challenge you know the status quo and then the system backs up what you just talked about so the system is that the government goes to nasa nasa can you please tell us i mean obviously not in many many more words and processes but nasa can you please tell us that we have an existential threat with climate change due to man's activities, specifically in the production of CO2. And they say, well, we, we don't know for sure. Uh, uh, it's, it's possible. No, we don't want to, We want you to tell us that it is man and it is an existential threat. So finally they say, yes, it is. Because what happens if they say, no, it isn't, they don't play along. They don't get funding. I'm oversimplifying, obviously. But now, what do they do? Now, the EPA has been weaponized 
Now they can make the mandates. They can you know impose the fines if you are not in compliance, and they can shut down industries like the most the largest industries of this country can be shut down over a period of years, like making automobiles. If these if GM didn't play play nice, they'd be out of business, right? You know this, right? They, they're all having to come up with, hey, we're going to get rid of the ICE engine, internal combustion engine, in uh, by two thousand twenty seven or whatever it is, like seven years from now. They're saying no more. Ice motors. I mean, are you kidding me? For what? Because the EPA told them if they don't do it, they're going to get you know the fined or they won't be supported or it'll be illegal. So it, it's crazy the amount of power that the government now is is kind of you know corruptly imposing on on the people. Take a wild guess what they're going to end up if, if that happens and they get rid of the internal combustion engine. Just make electricity with gasoline. Yeah, and pump it into the car, right? Charge the car with the gasoline-powered electrical turbine efficiency. Oh, right. They're so silly. Like it doesn't even make sense what they're doing. It's unbelievable. They, they, all these people. In fact, most the general population has no idea that this electricity comes from fossil fuel. In the end, it does come from fossil fuel. Comes from coal. Little of it, you know, fifteen percent of it comes from you know the solar and the wind, and that's that's being very generous, by the way. 15%. 15%. And it can't change much. You can't, you know, the, the energy density is not there for solar. And there's sometimes the wind doesn't blow. It's just, and, and these structures that they build, these wind, these wind farms are incredibly fossil fuel intensive because you got to make, make, you got to use cement and cement requires fossil fuels to make it. I mean, it just, it makes me laugh. Just if, if it wasn't so sad, I'd be laughing even harder about how, you know, how ignorant and how illogical these folks are. You know, there's rich people positioned. It's like this churn, right? This like transition churn where you're getting like, okay, we're we're going away from the, the old infrastructure of how America runs and we're transitioning to another one. There's people already positioned, probably like Bill Gates, in those industries waiting for that, that wealth transfer right? and they're going to take some of it. Yep. Right. Probably have windmill companies and solar panel companies and electrical grids and battery companies and all the stuff to support that infrastructure. They already own it. They're just trying to get the government to mandate that their industry can actually exist. And they keep on thinking this, uh, this job creation is, a, is such a powerful force. And the reason that they think it's a powerful force is because it worked before in the 40s with the, with the New Deal, with FDR. That was really needed, and that did save the country economically. We're not in those the, – these times are not like 1940. These are not like those times at all. We're not coming out of a major you know, world war. We're not we're – not, we don't have – underemployment and under, uh, under under man to really man all these massive industries to support the, the uh, GDP growth. We are in a whole different situation. And so for them to artificially inseminate the job industry with truly uh, trillions of dollars, which is, it makes COVID look like a, a mosquito bite on your body compared to what the effect of, of what they're threatening on do, of doing. And, and of course, under the advisement of people like uh, AOC and that Greta, what's her name? The high school dropout girl. Oh, that Greta <laughs> Thunberg bitch. I hate How that chick. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. She's, so, over, yeah, she's an adult now, so we can talk you know, bad about her. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're gonna create lots of jobs artificially, and we're all gonna pay for it. And will it will it pay dividends? Probably, probably not. I mean, there will be we'll have an incredible inflation, our our, our dollar will be devalued, and there'll be a, a come to time to pay that piper very soon after this starts to roll. I hope it doesn't, but it, it might. And it'll be very a problem. 
when you were talking about COVID being a uh, like a mosquito bite, did you mean purely financially, or did you mean financially, in a political yeah. sense as well? Yeah, financially, and it, but it's been also been politicized tremendously, right? Oh yeah, that's it, it, that's like the only purpose of it. I mean, go off on that rabbit hole, but the fact that Kai mentioned that they're talking about climate inequality and things like that shows that and they don't like they never make the case the scientific case for why climate change is happening i've never heard it I, this is their case all the scientists agree it's too complicated for you to understand peon and just right. you know just believe us and that if they had science behind them they should be able to easily convince everyone uh-huh. that it's a real existential threat but instead they use these propaganda tactics Right, and brainwashing and repetition and you know doctrination and that's their tools to get people believe it instead of just the facts you know it's funny it's made me think of something is that they, they they don't give you the facts they just give you the scare tactics right the alarmism and they'll do it in such a way that you know you'll find it's kind of funny it's, it's irony it's sweet irony here in that they'll say and they'll talk about the billions of tons of co2 that's being produced by man like, do you think anyone in the street knows what a billion tons of CO2, if that's good or bad, or is that a lot or a little? It just sounds like a lot, right? But they use it. They yeah. use that number. And nobody knows what it means to scare people. Say, oh, my God, we are such horrible people. We're putting gas is so light. And if we have a billion tons per day, it must be just a huge amount. But then when the other side of the equation says, hey, CO2, and they don't do this with, with any purpose. They don't do it to convince anybody. They just talk about the reality. CO2 is a trace gas. It's 400 parts per million right now, and it's gone up, you know, almost double over the last, you know, few thousand years. But it's it's still 400 parts per million, 0.03 percent of the atmosphere, right? So why? And then we think, oh, you can't you, just because it's a little doesn't mean it's an argument for you know your case. It makes no sense. Why are you doing that? But didn't you? Aren't you ones that were talking about how many billions of tons of CO2 is out there? Isn't that the same thing, but in reverse? So it, it work, if it works for them, they use it. If it works for, you know, if, if, if anyone on the other side uses it, of course, they condemn them and call them, you know, call it a straw man or being illogical or, or, not, or non-science, right? So have you, have you ever heard this? Oh, go ahead, Kirk. Oh, I was Rago. just going to say very quickly on, on the 400 parts per million. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, on the 400 parts per million thing, um, most greenhouses function at about double that, don't they? So um, it's interesting Triple. that they... Triple, yeah. yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, you know, as far as I knew, it was about eight hundred parts per million, but yeah, possibly more. Um, the the point is, is that in order to have uh, give plants ideal growing conditions, they actually need more CO two, not less. Yes. So CO two is exactly CO two is plant food, and they have actual with these satellite, and they have great, you know, amazing technology these days. Whether they're you know <laughs> their balloon mounted or whatever, we have da- image data of the Earth that we have pictures of that we can determine that the earth is actually greening because of the increased CO2 levels in the atmosphere. Even though it's very slight, we've gone from 260, 270 parts per million to just over 400 parts per million over the last, you know, hundred years. So. Yeah. And think, think of that. Yeah. Like all the, this is a system, right? It, these aren't like static things. So what will happen is all the plants will get bigger because they're bigger, just like a bigger human being needs more food. They're going to need more food. They're going to scrub more CO2 out of the air. Exactly. And, and there's this other thing exactly. that they don't account for, because you were talking about uh, things they don't account for in the model, like uh, reflected sunlight. Here's what they don't account for. 
CO2 dissolves into water, right? You got the ocean, you got the air, you got that interface. When the temperature of the water goes up, more CO2, the CO2 more readily dissolves into the water. Bingo, you got it. You've done your so it, raising the temperature actually scrubs CO2 out of the air. Mm-hmm. And it, it will reach an equilibrium just like everything else in na- every chaotic system in nature just tends towards equilibri- equilibrium. Yes, you will have outliers. Yes, you will have black swan events. But at, on, on an average, right, you are going to reach a, a fairly steady state of, of, of variation. And, you know, be scared of every 50 mile an hour wind that passes over your town. Yeah, whenever whatever happens, they, their response is, is always the same, global warming. But it's too cold. Record temperatures. Well, that's because it's global warming. But we got record temperatures, high, high temperatures. Well, that's global warming also, obviously. We have high winds. We have <laughs> this hurricane, global warming, extreme weather. It's all global warming. It's all man, by the way. Well, they, they tell us make it unfalsifiable. You know, in England, we, they tell us that we have a Gulf Stream, and that's why the southwest of England is like nice and warm and, and why you know, the southeast is cooler. Um, but they've been telling us that basically if, if the southwest gets colder, then that's because the global warming moved the, <laughs> the Gulf Stream, right. um, you know, either to, to flow further south or further north. Um, and it's, it's just a classic case of affirming the consequent, like whatever they say mm-hmm. is true, and they'll, they'll fit the data to the yes. worldview rather than the other way around. The, one, the other one I really like is the fact that if we do have, we, if we were, you know, and temperatures have risen slightly, and not as much as they, they say because there's a, a lot of different data and a lot of it's uh, in conflict with one another. But uh, we know we had, so we've had some warming over the last 100 years, uh, you know, for the last 500 to 1,000 years. since the last, you know, little ice age we've, we've had warming. And we know this, the physicists know this, that if you have the global warming, the poles will increase temperatures greater than the equator that's that's a fact of physics and so if that happens because they're very cold in the pole as you know and very warm at the equator there becomes less of a disparity of temperature between the equator and the, and the poles therefore the extreme uh, extreme weather events will be reduced and that's what a lot of phd physicists and climatologists that are you know leading these uh these discussions are talking about as being kind of a contradictory to the, the, the to the narrative so if you're agreeing that there's temperatures are going up, then why, why are you also saying we're having extreme weather events due to it when, in fact, that they should be going down because the disparity in the temperatures will absolutely be less? And so I, I want to get into that, like the, the um, counter uh, climate change scientific community, let's call them. They're dealt with in the mainstream media. They're just ad hominem. Yep. You're a show for the gas industry. You're a show for, you know, this, the car industry. You're a yep. show for whatever. And you have no credibility because, you know, you consulted one time when you're 20 years old, you know, on some, you know, gas station, you know, projects, how they were going <laughs> to install right. their pumps. You worked at a gas station. Oh, you worked at a gas yeah, station. Yeah, you, 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 you worked for Shell when you were a teenager. You're obviously on the take, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, it's it's uh it's pretty crazy. But and, and these it's funny that and I'm glad that they have given these people a platform. In fact, they've interviewed, they've had Senate hearings with these physicists and climatologists. You know, the ones that have actually head up Department of Atmospheric Sciences at MIT or Georgia Tech or University of Washington or Huntsville, Alabama. These are major universities that have a major influence 
and have a major contrib- contribution to climate science, they've, they've actually test- testified. I mean, I've watched some of the testimonies and they're really good. But why don't they have ongoing debates? Have these people and in, enter them into like a forum or some type of you know, public debate where people can actually, the public can actually listen to both sides. They'll never do that. They'll never give them the floor. I'm just glad they actually did the, the testimony, which is great. We have those on record. But of course, anybody that watches these people or does research on them says, oh, that guy's, like you said before, he's a, he's a shill. He worked for, you know, he was a part of the Heritage Foundation or he worked for Exxon as a consultant for a few years or whatever his thing. Or he, or he doesn't believe in creation or he's a creationist. Some of our creationists actually. Um, it's, it's crazy what they come up with. Why don't you just attack the data, attack what they're saying rather than attacking that person? Isn't that pure ad hominem by definition? Well, come on. Because it's not a it's not a hard science, Zanuck. It's not a hard science like say nuclear physics, right? And do experiments on the climate. You can't do a lot of it's just like subjective interpretation and making models and hoping your little model emulates yep. some subsection of the environment. I didn't want to get like super nerdy on this, but I'm gonna anyway. Oh one of the major problems with climate change temperature rising is measuring of the temperature worldwide right so mm-hmm. the world's pretty big right so something like only nine thousand nine thousand uh, meteorological stations that measure temperature right and 80 percent of or it was something like 80 percent of them are in the northern hemisphere <laughs> right did, did, you also forget, did you also forget that we have a 3d also you're only doing 2d there <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You're only doing you're only doing surface temperature, right? Yeah. So, and then there's like so. Think about this. I actually did a calculation. There's one thermometer for twenty three thousand square miles of Earth's surface. I know you got a thermometer in your house, right? Does that accurately reflect the temperature of your entire house, or just like right next to the thermometer? You can get a you can get an average. Maybe, or just that area of the house. Depends sure on your house, right? Yeah. Yeah, depend depends on your house, how good your windows are, your insulation and all that. So what they do is, and this actually I wish I had it available. What's what they do? So say you have two points that are five miles apart and they both have a temperature reading that's different. They interpolate, right, between that and average it, but they do this grid thing. What they found out was depending on the size of the grid you use determines like, so say you have 10 measurements on one side, 10 measurements on the other, and depending on the size of the grid, this in between the two actual measurements, temperature will rise more if you use larger grid chunks. But when you use more resolution, the temperature actually starts to flatten out. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing with this spacing, right, they use like 50-kilometer grids between points. It's some other model we use 500 kilometers. That's why you have this disparity of predictions. One, te- one will predict 3-degree temperature change in X years, and one, another will predict 1-degree temperature change in X years. It's because mm-hmm. the mathematics itself is inadequate to describe our weather. It's just inadequate. It can't be done, and they well, can't accept that because they have to control right. everything. And that's why, the ma- that's why the models just do not match the, the history. They, they try, like I said, they have the information, they have the data, whether it be proxy or actual surface temperature data, and they plot it against uh, what has actually actually happened, and yet it, they can't even meet that. You figure if, you, if that happened to me, I'm making a model, I'd start tweaking. I'd start adding things in so at least I can match it, right? 
and then see them then use that to predict the future but they don't even do that they just well, yeah, so well yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of so here's here's one thing that i've noticed they've done right so they come up with models all the time there's like all these people making these models model after model one will match right they get a model that matches like say six months or a year look this model it works it matches and look in 10 years it says the temperature is going to be five degrees warmer and then that model will break immediately like in the next six months and then they just go to the next uh, some other model and say this model it matches you know and they just keep doing this they keep jumping around from model to model to model cherry picking the model that matches current state of affairs and then as soon as it's wrong they just jump to another one you you got it and the other thing i didn't mention earlier because you were already on a roll is that surface temperature data there's that okay. and there's also you know atmospheric data from satellites the lunar whatever i call them <laughs> But those, those Which is are only, listen, is it's only a relative temperature. There's no absolute temperatures from that uh, device. Well, you can actually get the temperature as you, you can go at any depth laser down to the, to the surface. So you want to go lower troposphere, mid troposphere, you know, stratosphere. You can get all the different, but anyway, they, they find there's a huge discrepancy on that measuring of temperature from the surface all the way up to the, to, to, to uh, high, very high heights in the, uh, in the atmosphere. Versus the surface temperature data, which are the temp thermometers that have been, you know, on buildings or on poles or, you know. You've seen them behind air conditioners. You ever seen any of them? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know how you got the heat that comes out off the air conditioner? They're like, the, the temperature thing is like right behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just going up every time it gets so, hot out. There's a debate on what, 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 you know, do you, do you want to use satellite data or do you want to use thermometer data? I mean, do you want to use proxy data? I mean, you, you, there's so many variables and they just, they can't consolidate. They, they can't work together and say, this is all the data. We have to use all of it if we're going to make some, you know, discerning decisions here. But they won't. No, our this data has already been established. We've been using it for years. It's worked fine. We're not going to look at anything else. And they'll start bashing the satellite data because oh, you got dermal drift and you got all these other issues. I mean, it's just a it's just a shit show. They, they, the question they worked fine to do what? Yeah. Convince everybody that there's climate change. I mean, is that yeah. really? Maybe that's the mission. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it only works when it follows their narrative. Oh, we like these temperatures. It's going up. We'll use that. Because that means we're right, and that means we can tax the tax the, the population, grab money. It's a big wealth distribution ploy. And we're on the wrong end. Yes, we yes we are. Um, I just I did want to pick up on something that I think Kai said earlier about the the politicization, not from like a governmental standpoint but from a social justice standpoint. Um, now, I assume you've heard of Extinction Rebellion, Zanuck. Yeah, I heard the term. Why don't you uh, brief me on where that came from? So Extinction Rebellion, are, they claim to be a climate group, um, a, a climate change group. I believe that um, Greta Thunberg is either affiliated or was, was a member. Oh, yeah. She's, right, right. she's, she's involved with... Um, I, I, I don't want to like make a guess as to how she's related, um, but, but I basically wanted to um, bring up something. Now, this is a, this is a piece written on medium.com. And now I don't know if you guys know what medium.com is. Um, it's kind of like a long-form version of Twitter, um, so it's kind mm -hmm. of like a, a blog platform. And um, there's a guy called Stuart Basden who wrote uh, a blog post on January the 10th, 2019. 
Now, um, I'm just going to read a couple of, it's quite a long article, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a couple of excerpts. I'm going to read the first paragraph and then the paragraph of interest. So the first paragraph is as follows. Yes, yes, I know the climate is breaking down. It's urgent and emergency. We've only got a few litres left to fix it. And then he talks about how we're not going to fix it, yada, yada, yada. But this is a really interesting and um, important paragraph in the piece. It goes like this. And I'm here to say that Extinction Rebellion isn't about the climate. You see, the climate's breakdown is a symptom of a toxic system uh, that has infected the ways we relate to each other as humans and to all life. This was exacerbated when European civilization was spread around the globe through cruelty and violence, especially over the last 600 years of colonialism, although the roots of the infections go much further back. He carries on. Um, as Europeans spread their toxicity around the world, I mean, notice the emotive language, right? Um, they brought torture, genocide, carnage, and suffering to the ends of the earth. Their cultural myths justified the horrors. Um, and he basically goes on in this vein. And the, the final paragraph that I want to bring in, he says as follows. Euro-Americans violently imposed and taught dangerous delusions that they used to justify the exploitation and reinforce that dominance, while silencing worldviews that differ or challenge them. Uh, and he goes on in this, um, in this vein. He then talks about white supremacy, patriarchy, Eurocentrism, heterosexism, and class hierarchy. Now, I don't know about you guys, but what has the climate got to do with any of that? <laughs> that's the latest that's the latest trend now right they're, they're actually caught yes. they're actually saying some of these wars and terrorism is fed by global warming they, they, it's unbelievable the length at which they'll go to to politicize this they're just trying to tie it all in if you're a straight male it's your fault that it's getting hotter of course <laughs> why wouldn't it be right say that to all the guys yep <laughs> if you only like dudes it would get a little bit colder. <laughs> what if you're straight? Does it get like much warmer? <laughs> get hot in here. We've entered a, a uh, you know a realm of alarmism. It's alarmism on every level. That's how they get stuff done. It's scare tactics. The only way they can motivate people to do anything is scare the hell out of them. But it's it's so strange, isn't it? They they start talking about people's sexual preferences in the context of the climate. <laughs> it's right. just like yes are you serious how can anyone take <laughs> you seriously at that point you've now turned climate into a social justice issue oh in the irony it, there's some irony here right so what supports climate change according to them science right science comes from that very same system <laughs> the enlightenment of western civilization I created science, the scientific method, all those things that they're saying, say for a certainty that there's global warming, right? But they, everything else apparently is just toxic, right? And they're so silly. I can't take those people seriously. Sorry. Children. Yeah, so I just I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to to bring up with Zanik, and maybe Zanik, you can expand on on what you think about what was just kind of. Maybe I can link you the article as well, actually, and you can read it another time. But you'll yeah, just that'd be, be, that'd be I'm great. Sure you'll just be laughing through it because it's 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 complete nonsense. But um, yeah, can I just get a, a brief um, kind of reaction to what you think about what? I said? Yep, they're they're 
As one, one, one person said, they, they blame the, the ghoulish beheadings and serial massacres by ISIS on all things but global warming. I believe that. It's just a cascade of just, I guess, humanity just fall. It's the very fabric of humanity just, just gets torn apart by the temperatures rising one degree, you know, every, yeah. you know, every hundred years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe we can weave this into our own personal lives. Like, honey, you know, I cheated on you because of global warming. Yeah, it's too hot. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to save the planet. Yeah, it's global warming. I I felt a little little hot, a little warm, and I robbed that bank. You know, how can you blame me? Well, there 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 is actually a funny statistic um, that as as um, weather gets warmer, people obviously buy more ice cream when weather's warmer, but people also commit more murder. So um, there's a there's a obviously there's a funny question like does the ice cream consumption cause the murder or does the murder cause the ice cream consumption, right? Um, <laughs> the answer is obviously, you know, neither. But um, it, is a, it is a funny quirk of, of warm weather. The lack of ice cream that causes the murder. Yeah. You're upset. Uh, right, yeah. So when you buy all the ice cream, people can't get ice cream and then they go and murder people. Exactly, exactly. Uh, or they're too broke to afford ice cream when the ice cream truck truck goes by i don't know if you have them in the uk but we have like little ice cream trucks that drive around and the kids all chase it and they buy ice cream off the back of it but sometimes you don't catch it so maybe they get angry because they could you know the ice cream man drove away too fast and then they kill somebody you know what i'm i'm gonna tell you a story and you're all gonna feel very sorry for my for you know six-year-old me um but my mom told me as i was growing up that the ice cream van would only put on the little uh, kind of jingle, you know, the little song, When He'd Run Out of Ice Cream. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you must have trust issues. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> what, what a horrible thing to say to a six-year-old. You thought the ice cream truck was always out of ice cream. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I was just like, oh, the ice cream's out of ice cream again, Mom. And she's like, yep. <laughs> yep, save me two dollars. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Two pounds. <laughs> well, and my my biggest issue with the climate change thing is everybody's on board. You know, oh, Starbucks isn't giving me a straw anymore. Totally down. But a lot of people aren't paying attention to what the government wants us to do because of climate change. Like they don't want anybody to have cars in the future because of climate change. There's the famous article from the World Economic Forum uh, by 2030. Let's see if I can find it. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing. I have no privacy and life has never been better. And it's just really sad to see people falling for this when they have no idea or they haven't been paying attention to the end game. And the end game is no private property, no... um, they don't want people to have generators. They don't want people to have cars. They don't want people to travel. And a lot of people are just so consumed with Greta Thunberg or Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, Emmy speech or Os- Oscar speech right. that they're not paying yeah. attention to the, the solutions. Mm. They're not down. They're not down. If they actually knew what was in store for them, they wouldn't be so supportive. Right, but a lot of people it's are a, just well, it's a great grand wealth distribution scheme 
that you know, by doing this and making everyone feel guilty and taking away, which are basically taking away is cheap, inexpensive power. And that keeps the third world countries in the third world. They won't come out of it because cheap power, people know this, power is king, not just the kind of power, but the you know energy type power. Yeah. Power and distribution of power. That's Correct. really So when you, you, you take cheap energy, and I don't care how you slice it, electric energy is going to be expensive. It's always going to cost more. And when you do that, you keep the third world countries in the third world, and that's good. We want to keep them down. We have mm-hmm. to have this tiered level of you know, economic, socioeconomic hierarchies, right? If there's no lower class, there can't be an upper class, right? It's just well, I have a little way. personal experience with this. Um, as some of you know, I, I do IT. So someone hired me to figure out a way, because uh, he's from Nigeria, and he wanted to, in case you heard of Khan Academy, you can reduce all their videos onto yep. a, a, a disk image and you can load it onto a Raspberry Pi. And then with the Wi-Fi access, you can access it. You don't have internet access, right? You can just access right. it through the Wi-Fi. And he wanted to do this at a school in Nigeria. So the kids would mm-hmm. have, basically have access to all this information oh, that's on Khan Academy. Once they didn't have power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... um. Uh, solution was to make like a little because they don't take a lot of power they only take five volts so the the solution was a a solar cell with a with a ground battery backup Mm -hmm. i mean nigeria is one of the more developed countries in africa correct you know and and they don't have power i mean so they're they live like i'd say this like they're in the stone age and like they're animals because of the lack of you know uh usable energy and if they, like you said, the back you up, man, if they don't have usable, as long as they don't have usable energy, they're going to stay in that condition. Right. Well, and what drives me nuts is if you look at, I think it was in an episode of Mad Men, they showed that in the 60s, people would go to the park and they would just leave trash everywhere. In the early 1900s, there was no, like, smog check for your cars there was just pollution everywhere and we've actually made a huge improvement but that's where you can tell that this is a divisive plan that has a hidden agenda is because as much progress as we've made in society it's not enough that's how you can tell that they're gaslighting the fuck out of us is Think about how much more recycling there is than there was 50 years ago. They weren't even, people weren't even recycling 50 years ago. People didn't, there wasn't um, electric cars. There wasn't uh, routine smog I, I don't know if you remember when they started can recycling. They, they started yeah. it. Yeah. There's so. just a, such a huge push. And no matter what we do, it's not enough. It's, if you ask them today, it's the worst it's ever been, you know? even if we've made huge improvements. Like you can see in places like New York and Los Angeles, it's actually less polluted. It's actually not as bad as it used to be in the 80s. Not even close. Yeah, not even close. There's so much more regulation. It would be brown. It would be brown, disgusting. Flying into like Orange County or LAX and just be, Mm -hmm. just look like there's dirt in the air. Just dirt. Yep. And they never... Yeah, and they never give anybody praise. That's why it's gaslighting is as much as we've done, it's not enough. It's the worst it's ever been. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a, and, and, yeah. and also works against us too. Because like, well, if we have the power to clean, you know, the air of Los Angeles, then why don't we have the power to uh, stop global warming? It's like, wait a minute, that's a. St- <laughs> how do you how do you connect those dots again? Please tell me, right? Oh, I mean, yes, we we like smog was so bad, you only had to clean it a little bit to make it a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like a diminishing returns thing, isn't it? Like if you if you try and explain to someone what diminishing returns means and they don't know it, um, it can be quite tough. But obviously, you guys, I would imagine, know know what I mean by that. But a good example would be like uh, making a light bulb more efficient. You know, like going from a halogen bulb that's say fifty watts down to a an LED bulb that's five watts. I mean, you can't save forty five watts again. Can't be done. So, so to demand that you need to save 45 watts when you're only using five would be obviously ridiculous but it's, it's almost that kind of logic that they're using yeah you know you can get a little bit it the first the first gains in efficiency or changing something those come easy it's the you know the first 20 percent say but as you're going down to becoming more and more efficient i mean it's just in it's sometimes physically impossible sometimes it's just an engineering nightmare that makes the cost of it go up so trying to make an led bulb that is uh, puts out the same amount of light as a halogen bulb right, that doesn't cost like fifty thousand dollars or something good luck no, it's not happening interesting okay um guys should we um should we crack on to the next segment of the show or does anyone have any more questions for Zanik with, uh, with regards to the first kind of general topic? I say we crack on. On. We need like a whip sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 30 seconds. I can make that. It might, trigger, it might trigger some millennials though. Be careful. <laughs> Oh, speaking of triggering, um, uh, India, you said earlier about um, sometimes within the climate there are black swan events. Um, I would yeah. just ask that you try not to trigger our guests um, when they come on. Zan, um, <laughs> you didn't get any PTSD when he said black swan, did you? Uh, a little bit. I got shake. I started shaking a little bit. <laughs> That's why I qualified it with event. <laughs> okay. I had visions of. I just had a flash of like QE, you know, just right there in my room. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, when I think of chaotic systems, I think of finance, right? And so, like, you know, (laughs) that's what they call, you know, outlying events in finance are black swan events. When the stock market drops, you know, 50% in like two hours, that's a black swan. It doesn't happen every day. Um, I just thought I'd mention quickly as well uh, Xanax posted a couple of uh, very interesting uh, graphs in uh, in one of our threads here um maybe just pick up on this so could you just go through a little bit the first one the james hansen 1988 model predictions and maybe tell us why i mean I, we've touched on this anyway but maybe you could go into a little bit why you think that his uh predictions were so wrong yeah, the good thing about that graph is it kind of it kind of explains that graphically so you see the predictions that are made from the NASA NOAA GIS uh, data, and that's basically temperature data over the last uh, you know, fifty some odd years. And 
the when they when they input the model when they input the data into the model to get future numbers, this is the graph that they they produce. But in the actual observations show the blue, the blue line, which is you know, much lower, and the increase in temperatures is much lower as well. And that's just based on, you know, the surface temperature data that, that um, let's see, that might be UAH, so that's satellite data and RF. So both those are, that's satellite data is the observations. The guest data is actually uh, surface temperature data. So you have model predictions, which are based on surface temperature data, and then you got the satellite observations, the actual measurements of the temperatures. So at this point in time, it was late 2014, 15. Uh, you can see where the line was, the trend was moving toward. Yet you can see, look at the trend for the model that has not, not only worked, has not worked prior to that at all, even though they know the answer, they're going along with the fact that it's continuing to go up and they think somehow it's going to go that direction when the observations are not even pointing near to that, 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 that direction at all. So. So how, how do you think these um these climate scientists like James Hansen, how do you think he would do on the Forex market? Uh, <laughs> probably pretty poorly. <laughs> yeah, the rangers I think. Right. Okay. Don't worry, he wouldn't use his money, so someone else would do poorly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The they, taxpayer would do very badly. Yeah, exactly. And the bottom graph, I mean I have I have hundreds of graphs and things, but I thought these are the most pertinent to what we were talking about, just as a high level. And this is actually the University of Alabama Huntsville, and this is the this is the area of the world where these scientists John Christie and Roy Spencer are creating the data sets. So they create all the data sets that they give to all the climate scientists of the world. So when the world wants to make these graphs and make predictions and, and study it, they're using their data to figure out what's going on, and they'll parse it up and and compare it to other data they're even from other sources. But this, this is the raw data. This is the satellite data of temperatures since 1979 when they first started getting temperature data from satellites to 2021. This is the last one is January. I think I got a newer one, but you can see that it dropped pretty significantly in January, maybe because of the effects of COVID. I mean, who knows, right? People not driving their cars as much. We don't know what caused, caused this dip. It could be just a natural anomaly of this kind of, 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 the, of the atmosphere and, and, the, uh, and the climate. But you can see it's only changed 0.12 degrees in 50 years, 40 years. And that, that it may not seem like a lot because it's not. I mean, our, 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 our world is seeing much greater variations in temperature. We've talked about through the, uh, the 1940s, uh, we saw uh, the hottest temperatures, the, the highest temperature rises the world has ever seen or has seen in recent modern times. From 1900 to 1940, with no additional CO2, you know, and then from 1940 to 1970, temperatures actually went down. And from 1970 till now, they've gone back up again. So it seems a little bit random, and that's not expected when you understand that this is a this random, chaotic, and non-coupled system that uh, no one really understands very well. So I can't really say why people would base, you know, policy on these type of temperature trends, to, with the financial effects of what we just went through with COVID, maybe double, triple, or quadruple those amounts in trillions of dollars, combat something that we don't really understand very well, nor does a lot of people think we will have any effect on whatsoever. And if you're a betting man, would you say that if we do what we talk about doing, we're going to change this graph at all, knowing what we know, or knowing the other data that can be supplied to 
uh, add to uh, what could have or could, might not have increased the temperatures or decreased the temperatures along the, the along history. I don't think most real betting men, men would do that. No, I, sp I suppose it's the difference between, say, someone plays poker for fun or they play poker and they put real money in. You play differently, don't you? So if if there's you're no, breaking up a little bit, you're that's near the line. You're not. Sorry. You were roboting. Oh, was I? Apologies. Um, yeah, so I suppose it's the difference between um, someone who's playing poker for free, no money, versus putting that real money in. You know, you play the game very differently. This is true. And I'll put that graph in about the increase in temperatures from 1900 to 1940, uh, cooling trends from 1940 to 1970, and then recently, and of course, this, this trend from 1970 onward. And, and you got to ask yourself, like, okay, well, if temperatures rose from 1900-1940, could that cause, I mean, just, you know, just throwing it out there, is it possible, is it possible that that cause then could be the cause now for any increased temperatures? And the answer could be either we don't know, which would be a, good, a fair answer, or maybe yes. I ask you a question? What do you think about the... Um... Uh, claim that CO2 rise lags temperature rise. Yeah, you I, heard I that one. That's a, yeah, of course. That's a, that's a strong case for for CO2 not being the primary cause of temperature change. I I'm fully on board with that. If you look at over over millions of you know hundreds of thousands of years, that's exactly what they've seen. That the CO2 the CO2 uh, rises after the temperatures have risen, not before. In almost all the cases, but in the course, the other side will say, oh, well, because the proxy data isn't accurate enough, or that's uh, caused by this, that, and the other. But they won't even entertain it. They won't even look at it like scientists. I mean, that's, that's not even science, right? That's, that's just like sheer logic. Like, the effect can't precede the cause. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's turning things on their head. And let's say have other factors and forcings that maybe say, well, that's because, well, if it wasn't for these forces involved earlier when temperatures were rising, then they would have rose even more, you know, because I don't know. They always say they'll have an answer for everything. Right? That's how that's reasons. <laughs> I mean, would you would you say that there's any? Do you have any sympathy with the argument that the rise in temperature leads to the rise in CO two levels? Yeah, I think uh, as was mentioned earlier, um, when the temperature of the oceans rise. They give up CO2, or they take up CO2. Forgot the chemistry. Take up CO2. I think they release. I think they release CO2. Oh, like uh, CO2 is dissolved into the ocean like a solvent. Water is a solvent. Right. CO2 dissolves when you obviously a chemical reaction happens more when uh, the reactants are hotter. Right. When the two chemicals are hotter, the chemical reaction happens more. I mean, of course, there's windows of when it happens and doesn't happen. Yeah. We're talking like what depth, you know what I mean? Right. What part of the well, ocean? Because the ocean isn't know. just the surface, right? They're just right. They, but, they, but they also have told us that uh, the CO2 contents of the oceans are, it's like a, a huge storage bank of CO2. And it's, and the predictability of when it releases, when it doesn't release based on temperature and pressure and and other factors uh, is not totally understood as well. 
So there's some random. I don't think any of it's understood. I think yeah. like the, I, I live in the Northeast. They can't even predict the temperature like tomorrow. Like it'll, it won't be what they say it's going to be. What no matter what they know, say it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but they, what they do know, they can't they can de- determine how much of the CO2 that is in the atmosphere is, is caused by man. It comes from man's sources of burning fossil fuels. That's, that, that we do know. That's, a good, that's good information. And yes, we have increased due to man you know, from 270 parts per million to near 400 parts per million. But there's also a, 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 a benchmark that almost all the scientists agree that if you double CO2, they think the effects of warming will be the temperatures of a global climate will go up by about 1.1 degree to uh, 1 to 3 degrees. I think 1 to 3 degrees is the range. No, actually, it was one point, yeah, 1.5 to 3 degrees was the range. Well, we have seen CO2 almost reach doubles, doubling CO2 levels, and yet we've only seen temperatures rise 0.7 to 0.8 degrees. So there again, another prediction. They've already set up the, the, the template, this this benchmark of doubling CO2, here's the effects. We haven't seen those effects, so that model's wrong also. So every model they seem to come up with just favors this alarmism, this you know, climate destruction of our, of our, of our world, and uh, existentialism, uh, existential threat of man contributing any CO2, which, even if it's a little bit, is bad and will increase warming. And the answer is, or the, uh, the comment to that is, yes, every little bit of CO2 man introduces to the world is going to raise temperature, but the answer really is or the, or the question should be really how much by how much and that is you know, worth for how long details. well and also i don't really believe in the the timeline of history they give us but they say in the in the dinosaur time there was giant dragonflies giant trees giant ferns and they say that the carbon dioxide levels were like way higher then than now so wouldn't that be a good thing right bigger trees means more oxygen bigger plants should benefit us right so you know even though i don't agree with the the timeline in their in their logic more carbon dioxide should actually be beneficial well it comes back to that the first thing you said since we started the discussion, uh, the climate, um, what was it? The injustice, climate injustice? Yes. <laughs> with the, with the, but it, it's, it's so true because if, if you think about it, so if we don't do anything, we're just, we're, we're just discriminating against people that, what, um, that don't have, that live in grass houses because extreme weather could hurt them, or more simply and more obviously, the people that live on coastlines. Because really, the real danger, if you really boil it down, is really if the sea levels continue to rise and it's due to man, which we can also debate that as well. Oceanographers have debated that for the last 40 years that the sea level rise has been seven inches per hundred years. And we saw 3.5 inches rise the last 50 years. And we think that's it, and it's on track for 3.5 inches the next 50 years. So we, we know it's continuing to rise and it'll continue to be a problem. We just know this. So yes, we, by not doing anything, we're discriminating against people that live on coastal regions. No. What should we do? Maybe we should help them out, but by not doing anything, are we against them? No. We just know that nothing we can do is going to change it. So if you want to protect mm-hmm. them, let's build friggin', you know, reefs and, and barriers to protect these cities from, well, from flooding during the stormy seasons. I mean, that's the logical thing to do, but nope, they won't entertain that. It's got to well, be man's also, fault. I mean, 
I, again, I, I really disagree with the timeline they give us, but it seems like with the timeline they give us that the Earth has mostly been underwater for the majority of, it, of its existence. It's only recently, within the last several thousand years, that, um, or millions of years, I guess, that um, animals have been able to live on land, according to their model. The, the Earth is, you know, if we're going with the mainstream thing that the Earth is a planet, the planet has mostly been underwater for, its, for all of its existence. So it's, it's really funny that they're so alarmed when... Um, We've been underwater before. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Flat or, flat or round, it doesn't matter. That's not really the argument. Right? Yeah, really- yeah. The, the, the point is, though, is, is the fact that we even have dry land to be on is, is rare according to their historic timeline. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Should we, um, yeah, I, I noticed that this segment's, uh, the 10-minute segment's lasted an hour, so should we, uh, <laughs> should we crack on to the next segment? <laughs> sure. It's, it's really interesting, and Zanuck's a really good speaker on this, so it's, it's credit to him as a guest, but mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, we should probably move it on. Yeah, great. Okay, um, Bambi and Kai, if you're ready, I'm going to play the, uh, the intro to the segment. Sure thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Bitch, come on. Bitch, come on. Bitch, come on. Yeah, come on, bitch. <laughs> bitch, come on. Come on, bitch. This Uber is making drier than the Sahara Desert. <laughs> That's a keeper. Yeah, sorry about that, Zanny. Yeah, that's a that's a big yikes. <laughs> All right, so um, me and Kat have gathered up a couple uh, bits and bobs. I've only got a few, so uh, I'll read out mine, and then Kai, do you want to follow with your? Yes, I'm underprepared, but I will make it work. <laughs> no problem, these days. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these these are comments that I found on um some climate change videos, various videos on YouTube. Some of them were pro, some of them were, you know, against it. Uh, they're just kind of spread out all over. So we'll read a couple of them out. Uh, this one is from Road Revs. Uh, he says, believing in God without evidence while rejecting evidence of climate change. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that speaks for itself. Um... There we go. Okay, this one This one is my favourite. I'm not going to lie. Um, as a disabled person, you know it's going to be good when it starts with that. Um, oh, sorry, this is from The Disabled Gamer. Uh, as a disabled person, I suffer each summer from breathing issues related to the insane heat. I worry for my children's future. I wish oil and coal and gases being burnt and used for energy were never a thing. Yeah, interesting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last, <laughs> bro, <laughs> bitch, come on. Um, and the last one I've got here is uh, from Julia. Julia's got a little Freddie Mercury pick. 
for Christmas, I got a book. It's a document. It's documentation of everything Greta Thunberg's done and what she's on about. Give it to the deniers. It will work. I'm sure it will. Wow. <laughs> Greta Thunberg's book. Is is Greta is Greta Thunberg even old enough to like menstruate? Like <laughs> Yeah, let alone like. Can we really take advice from her yet? Like, (laughs) yeah, let alone write a whole book. Like, I'm assuming someone wrote this for her, like a book about what she's done. I'm, I'm, I don't want to put money in the table and say that she's went and (laughs) wrote this herself. She's, she's not even out of school yet, is she? (laughs) Yeah, I need to know how. Let me, let me look up how old she is. She may. I think she Mm -hmm. just turned eighteen. To be honest. Oh wow! Yeah, she came. She came into limelight when she was quite young. Okay, yeah, she's eighteen. Yeah, it's only recently she turned eighteen. I'm sure, but yeah, she's eighteen now. I can imagine her getting pegged by like a recycled plastic dildo. Like I don't know why I can just like picture that so. Well. Yeah. <laughs> as long oh, as it's recycled plastic. Do not cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. That might make make the intro for the segment. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) So this uh, this last one that I've got here, sorry, there's one more for me, um, is from Harry. And Harry says, it's really fucking simple. People love their religion and their stupid stories. Science threatens their religious beliefs, so they aggressively deny science to make themselves feel more secure. (laughs) I deny global warming because I'm religious. Is that what they think people are saying? Like, that's why people deny it? That's the straw man. Yeah. (laughs) Well done, Harry. All right, Kai, what have you got for us? Well, all I have right now is just one. I just saw that uh, Pope Francis uh, has made a statement on climate change, and I just want to thank Pope Francis for pausing um, his bender of raping young boys to talk about climate change. So, (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us how you really feel about the Pope? You're holding back. The only thing getting hot in here is the pop is the is the Pope when he watches little boys sing in the choir. But um that's all our Catholic listeners gone and never to be seen. Does he watch from the front or behind? <laughs> he's got but like I'm a 360 it, view. He's like spinning yes. around them. <laughs> I'm just so glad he's taken a little pause and and is making time for this important message. True. Okay, Sam Lair said, the denial of enhanced global warming is fear-based. It is a defense mechanism that allows someone to continue functioning in the face of a terrifying reality to the degree that simple denial isn't enough to placate, over, to placate one's fear. Anger is added. Also, the denial of the necessity for consistently wearing face masks is fear-based. It is a defense mechanism that allows someone to continue functioning in the face of a scary situation to the degree that simple denial isn't enough to assuage one's fear. Anger is added. So, Manuel wrote a book. 
Yes. <laughs> None of it makes sense. I just up in my mouth a little bit. That was horrible, even for propaganda. Mm-hmm. C- can we get a bitch TLDR on that one? <laughs> Too Long didn't really love that. <laughs> this is the next episode. Too Long didn't listen for the podcast listeners. <laughs> Um, okay, the next comment was from a video where it was like, how to explain climate change to your friends. And in the video, it's, it talked about um, going as CO2 for Halloween. And somebody said, going for CO2 for Halloween would be hilarious. Just so. <laughs> that is how you show your friends you're woke. Just go as a, a gas for for Halloween. How would you even do that? How would you form a costume <laughs> of something that's gaseous? Like, what? How would you make How? a costume? You would just be a container that has CO2 on it. Oh, Dressed as a cow fart. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> An open Sorry, container. We, I had to go there. <laughs> Contain yourself. <laughs> Contain that gas. I'm sure if they just eat a lot of like sugar and gluten, they'll be farting so much they won't even have to bother <laughs> costume. I don't think that's CO2. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's gas nonetheless. Toxic yes. at that. Yes. Depends who's. Yeah, we're talking about you, Crypto. Yeah, right. How do you know what my CO2 smells like? Is a burp considered CO2? <laughs> it has to be, wouldn't it? What gas does a burp? Drinking soda, yeah. Is yeah. that so? Coca Cola is responsible for climate change. Rut row, and their theme, their mascot is a polar bear, right? It all makes sense. Uh oh, dun dun dun. Illuminati polar bears. We're going to get taken down by the Catholics and Coca-Cola now. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Kai. The last comment I have is climate change deniers should genuinely be censored or arrested for sedition. Wow. Seems reasonable. It's a bit harsh. Lock me up. You question something and you get you get censored and arrested? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's... Uh, you can... Uh, economically or not economically ecologically friendly uh, jail yeah it better not have any climate injustice yeah like my mattress better be made out of like all natural materials I don't want to get a rash from any synthetic materials in the bars uh, what bars man how expensive it is to make bars it's, that's a CO2 uh, CO2 intensive so you know I don't know how they're going to make a jail but I'm only going to that cell if it's carbon neutral <laughs> That's right. Carbon neutral, carbon neutral imprisonment. <laughs> Bust. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm sure Kamala Harris will approve. <laughs> you got to make sure all those police cars are electric vehicles, and when they transport me to jail, that's got to be an electric vehicle. Uh, yeah. What was your next one, Kyle? That will, uh, let's see if I have one. Um, yeah, how do you make steel without fire? I still want to see that done. (laughs) 
Okay, the last one I have is climate scientist. Spends their whole life studying climate and predicting it for years. Climate denier. Climate deniers. You're wrong. I mean, come on, people. It's there. There is a real world proof it exists. So when Texas gets uh, a huge snowstorm, is that really proof of global warming? Question mark. Apparently so. It's a bit special. There's proof. Show us. Go on. Do it. It snowed, so therefore it's hotter. <laughs> we had a little bit of rain more than last year. Climate change. Zenik, what I want to know is, is how you can make steel without mining iron. They're against mining, too. I'm just so happy the Pope took his time to let us know what we're doing wrong. I don't I think I've ever say something heard, else. Yeah, I don't think I've ever <laughs> wanted to hear someone say, I'm so happy the Pope <laughs> took his time. <laughs> Thank you for taking a break from assaulting children to let us know about how um, we should recycle paper more. Or uh, sentiment of gratitude seems less than sincere. <laughs> I think she was very sincere. You need to. You know, I'm very sincere. Them. I'm doing this for the turtles. Okay. Who who cares about the kids? It's the turtles that matter. That's right, man. The cats, the, the animals, they're important. Forget <laughs> it's the so children. Funny. Every time. The plankton. <laughs> So funny, everything every time something happens, like for example, my my brother hates using paper straws and he'll freak out. And every time he picks up like a plastic straw, I look him dead in the eye and I'm like, one turtle dead. <laughs> and like anytime <laughs> anytime he like if he was walking and his hands were full and he dropped a bit of paper and he's like, fuck, and like neither of us can pick it up. I'll just look and I'll be like, another turtle dead. That's it. It's like, congratulations. Another one. I'm just slowly counting up how many turtles he's killing with like minute pieces of trash and plastic. You're a hard taskmaster. Yeah. And he hates it every single time. He gets very hostile. He's like, I'm not killing turtles. And I'm like, oh, but you are. But you are. Shame but him you into are. compliance. That is the liberal way. Yeah. yeah. Have you considered a job in media? Uh, no. But I am now. Fair enough. I guess that's kind of what we are. I guess so. You're already there. So, Mom, we, are you proud of me? We are the bad guy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's it for Bitch Come On. <laughs> that's how we got, folks. <laughs> should, we, should, we protect, should we play the outro, which is really the intro, but we hope no one notices? Yes, we shall. Yes. Cool. Bitch, come on. Bitch, come on. Bitch, come on. Yeah, come on, bitch. <laughs> bitch, come on. Come on, bitch. This Uber is making drier than the Sahara Desert. <laughs> That's a keeper. I think glo uh, Globers must also contribute to global warming. It's in the name. They're making it dry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
It's funny the the more the more soy that's consumed, the more droughts appear. <laughs> no wonder I can't get turned on. <laughs> all the soy in California. Yes. Yes. Need to move state. Because you, you didn't recycle. Because you didn't recycle. Therefore, my coochie is dry. <laughs> Oh, you can buy a recycled dodo from from Greta, and you don't need to, you know. Oh God! Yeah. No, man. <laughs> this, is, this is the after hours segment. You have to pay on OnlyFans to hear. Man, <laughs> used to be like you know, old you know, it was recycled from paper. Use tampons and axi pads. You recycle those, right? They go right in the recycle bin. Is, can you recycle silicon? Is that like a recyclable substance material? Can you or is there just your... like a mass amount of dildos out there when people are done <laughs> and with bre- them? breast implants? <laughs> yeah. Your I, think, um, I think Kim Kardashian just buys up all the spare silicon to put in her ass. True. <laughs> yes. It's pre used, pre loved. But yeah, yes. Um, if the ladies can't. Get it on. Just blame the guys that they're not. They're not a uh, ride sharing enough. Well, I don't blame <laughs> you if you're surrounded by you know leftist men. I just don't blame you if you don't find them attractive. <laughs> Effeminate men, like no, why would you want to? If you believe in climate change, it's dehydrating. Even like a little teeny bit of assertiveness makes you stand out over all the little soy boys. It's it's amazing. All the Indios. I saw like a whole group of like <laughs> ten of them walking together, and I'm like, God, their their upper arm is like as thick as my wrist. Like, set all of them, and they're wearing like girly clothes. Yeah. We're doomed. Do you feel intimidated? I could say is humanity is doomed, man. <laughs> were, you, were you feeling intimidated? Oh, yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> like, listen, I never saw a group of 10, like, uh, you know, 18 to 20-year-old, quote-unquote, men that I didn't think that I thought I could kick all their asses at the same time. This group, I thought I could. I think I could fight all 10 of them and win in a fist fight. That's how pathetic they were. Intimidated. I get it. Oh, uh, no. Nah. You're no, okay. No, no. We understand. We're here for you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the only thing that intimidates me is your threats of pegging. It's not a threat; it's a promise, sweetheart. Just make sure you use recycled plastic <laughs> and recycled lube. Um, yes, I'm worried about the environment. Yeah. So anyway, um, Zadik, uh, <laughs> shall we move on? Um, no, this is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like watching the shit show unfold. Like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, I like the quotes, the reader quotes. Awesome. Um, yeah, let, let's move on to the mini quiz, and then maybe we can listen to recycled lube later on. Um, so, um, lube. That's gross. <laughs> I thought you called that earlier. Um, yeah, Zanik. So there's mini quiz. Ten questions. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a headline and I'm going to read you, uh, tell you the source that the headline is from. And you have to tell me if that headline was a legitimate headline or I made it up. Okay. okay. So if um, you will hear this noise, 
That's true. If it's a real headline um, and the source is real. Uh, however, if I've told you a big fat whopper, then you will hear this noise. Ooh, probably help if I actually put it in. You are fake news. <laughs> fake news. The leaderboard so far, you'll be delighted to know you're the third player. Um, our first guest, Mary Mom, got five out of ten. And our second guest, Arian, got six out of ten. So you have to beat six out of ten. So I got to take this serious, huh? So I got to do this serious one. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, okay. So question number one. Um, oh, I'm actually going to give you some years as well. So okay. in 1974, uh, Time magazine had a headline that said, a new Ice Age question mark. Is that true or is that false? True. You certain? True. Okay, now, the, the, the sound effect that you hear will be whether it's true or false, not whether you've got the question right or wrong. Okay, so you said true. Oh, wait a minute, wait. Repeat, repeat the last sentence. The response you're going to give me is, is whether, not whether the answer is. But yes. Repeat what you said. So if you say that it's true and you hear um, that's true, then you got the question right. But if you say that it's true and you hear Donald Trump saying that's fake news, then you got the question wrong. Is the question whether that was actually said or not by Time Magazine? Is that? Yes, absolutely. So, okay, so yeah, I, I'm saying that that was actually. I'm saying yes, that was. A real headline. Am I playing it right? Okay, good. Yes, okay. So you're saying that that was a real headline? Let's find if, if that was a real headline. That's true. There we go. So one out of one so far. How are you feeling? <laughs> you confident? You think you can get more than six out of ten? I don't know. It's, that, that, that was not too, not too hard. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling very confident right now. <laughs> they do get harder. They do get harder, trust me. <laughs> it's like um, those game shows. They get the easy ones to start, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, People have right. two legs, true or false? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unlike who wants to be a millionaire. It's like, oh, if only yeah, I was 15, yeah. it's easy. Um, okay, question number two. Question number two. Um, the Progressive had a headline in 1971 that said, The Great Die Off. Uh, is that true or is that false? Uh, I say that's true. Okay, you sure? Final answer. Final answer, true. Okay, let's find out if it's true or if it was fake news. You are fake news. Oh, oh sorry, me. man. Yeah, in fact, um, I actually looked and there, there, was, um, there was a headline called The Great Die-Off, but it wasn't in the Progressive and it wasn't in 1971. Um, <laughs> okay. But that headline does right. exist. They were, they were right. talking. They're talking about all these calamitous things that would happen, you know, right, right. years ago or something that never happened. Yep. You know? That was a decade where a lot of doom and gloom was being prognosticated. But yeah, okay, I got to get a little yeah. more discerning with my answers. Indeed, like, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, question number three. So you got one out of two so far. Uh, question number three: Dire famine forecast by 1975. Uh, that was a headline in the Los Angeles Times, or sorry, Los Angeles Times, uh, in 1967. Is that true or is that false? Global dire famine or just a, was it, it 
I guess I can't ask questions about the specifics. I can, re- I I can say, repeat, but yeah, I'm just giving you the, the headline. Um, I'm going to say true. Okay, you're going with true on that one? Yep. I'm going to Okay. Let's find out if that was true or false. That's true! There we go. Very nice. I'm back, I'm back in it. Two out of three. You're on 66% average so far. D plus. <laughs> B plus, yeah. <laughs> if we can get you up to an A or, or an F for flat. Um, <laughs> uh, question four, question four. Uh, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. Uh, that was a headline in the New York Times in 1969. Is that true or is that false? New York Times said that? New York Times, 1969. Did they... Well, I'm asking you, did they say that? Yeah, yeah. No, is, that, is that a quote? Uh, I'd say that's false. You think that's false? I think it's false. Final answer, final answer. Okay, let's see if that's true or that's false. <laughs> that's true! <laughs> yep, they actually had a headline... <laughs> in 1969, that said everyone will appear in a cloud of blue steam. By 1989. I mean, we're 32 years past. The, the uh, New York Times then was too, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, so we're at two out of four so far, 50%. Um, let's crack into question number five. Um, 1997, the BBC. Uh, England to be underwater by 2030. Is that a real headline from the BBC, or did I make it up? Hmm. I think that's fake. Yeah, that's false. false. Yeah. Okay, let's find out. Was it true, or was it fake news? You are fake news. Yeah. 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 It was. I made it up. But um, <laughs> you could you could imagine them posting something like oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have a lot of headlines like that in my uh, arsenal here that are pretty crazy. Yeah, maybe you can go through a few of them like in in the next bit. Okay, okay, let's do it then. So question number six. Um, this was a headline in the Boston Globe in 1970, or was it? Um, Ice Age by the year 2000. True. Oh, you think that was true? Yeah. Okay. So let's find out if that was true or false. That's true! Unbelievable, right? Ice Age. Yeah, yeah, they predicted an Ice Age 21 years ago and never ever, ever happened. <laughs> um, so we're at four, you're at four out of six so far. All right. You're nervous. Yeah. Let's see. You're, you're nearly, you're just above Arians. Let's see if we've got what, four more questions to go. Here we go. Question seven. Snowfalls are now just a thing of the past. Was that an independent headline uh, from the year 2000? So in the year 2000, did the independent say snowfalls are now just a thing of the past? I'm going to say that's, that's also true. 
You sure? Because they're talking about people won't be able to ski anymore. The ski areas are going to close down. They're going to be growing grapes in uh, North North France. That's probably wrong, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with being true. I think I was true. Okay, just make sure I'm playing the right uh, sound. Um, okay, here we go. That's true. Good. It was indeed true. In the in the Independent, they said 21 years ago that snowfalls were a thing of the past. Um, which is interesting because Texas had snow last month. Of course it is. In two two years, three years running, we had the coldest winters ever, temperature wise, in Montana, in New York, and then we have snow in Texas. You know what they would come back with? Global warming. That's a, that's a cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, because it, it's a cult, isn't it? Anyway, um, you're at five out of seven. That's an incredible score, actually, at this stage. Um, I'm sli- slightly upset for our other guests. Um, but um, all you need is two out of three for the last uh, three questions. So uh, I think you can do it. I believe in you. Do you believe in yourself? Well, like I said, I'm still nervous, but maybe that's sometimes good to, to run scared. Okay, let's move on then. Question number eight. Uh, this is from The Guardian in 2004, or is it? Britain will be Siberian in less than 20 years. Ooh. 20 years, Siberia, average temperature, 60 degree per year. No, I said it's false. So you don't think that they made this headline? Yeah, I don't think 20 years in Siberia, but... Okay, let's find out if that's a real headline or a fake headline. That's true! (laughs) (laughs) So so they haven't got along on that prediction either, to be honest. They've got about three years. Britain has to become Siberia or they're full of shit yet again. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to get the last two correct. I need I need to get in some like some heartbeat music or something to make make it all dramatic, don't I? Yeah, really. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, question number yeah. nine. So again with the Guardian, um, two thousand and thirteen. Uh, did they publish this headline in two thousand and thirteen? Uh, Ice free Arctic in two years heralds methane catastrophe. Is that a true headline or a false headline? Did you say Arctic? Arctic I I, I can repeat. I can repeat. Yeah. Ice-free Arctic in two years heralds methane catastrophe. That's crazy too, but it's a tough one. Um, I, no, I, I have to be false. I have to go with false. Are you sure? Not really. <laughs> I have to pick one or the other. <laughs> okay. Um, let's find out. Is that true? That's true. Ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some pretty crazy headlines. When, when I was doing the research for this quiz, I didn't realize actually... Like I knew that they made some crazy predictions, but even I was shocked. I was just like, "Wow, this stuff is absurd." Right. You know? I mean, ice free. Who would actually say that? Siberia. Okay, I can kind of feel that, but ice free in how many two years? Yeah. Um, in two years, yeah. Yeah. 
the media. The media. All right, this last one. Just I, I can tie the, the prior guest, correct? Yeah, because you're on five out of nine, so you can tie with Arian, who got six last time. Okay. Um, question number ten. Uh, Pop Sugar 2019. Is this true or false? Women are more affected by climate change than men. Oh boy. That's a curveball. I'd say true. You think true? <laughs> I should start analyzing your questions because sometimes you give me a clue. You're trying to help me. Uh, I, I'd say I don't true. know. It's sometimes okay let's find out if that's true or false you are fake news i was gonna say i'm so hot it's gotta be true <laughs> yeah i was trying to play on the i don't know if you heard there was um there was this uh What's her name? I can't remember her name, but anyway, there was this uh, woman complaining on the BBC about how, um, what was it? Um, It was the central heating systems in offices are sexist. And I was, I was hoping to get like a similar energy where, you know, you, you were maybe thinking about some weird radical feminist complaining about how like air conditioning is sexist and, and how global warming is sexist. You know, I was trying to go for that. Um, I fooled you anyway, so I'm happy. Um, five out of ten, so not too bad, guys. Do we think he deserves a big round of applause or uh, not? What do you reckon? Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yep. We're going to give Zanik a big round of applause. Okay, yeah, let's sure. Why not? Zanik a big awkward round of applause. Woo! I'll clap. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy that? That was good. Yeah. How, how are you going to explain to the Gem Panda server that you got five out of ten? I don't know. How, how do I explain that? <laughs> that that the, uh, the, the media has said some crazy things. So it's a, it was a very difficult uh, set of questions because you don't know how crazy they can be. What level of craziness will they stop at? Right. right. Yeah. So yeah, some of the stuff I was reading, I was just like, "This is abs- like abs- absurd." Like, not just alarmism. This is like, you know, it's next level like fear mongering. Not really, it, right? I think I have the uh, the Time the Time Magazine cover. I think I have something like that. One of them. It's it's, it's just nuts. And just whatever just serves their purpose of just riling up the. Yeah, their base. Yeah, for sure. Perpetuate the narrative. So should we should we move on to the uh, the final segment? Um, basically, uh, Zanik, it'd be 
to hear from you how you got into the subject, like what brought you into the subject. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, we, you asked that question or mentioned it earlier that you'd be asking me it, and I was trying to remember it was something happened about 10 years ago where I started researching it, and then I started making contact with several of the, uh, the professors at some of the major universities that were, that were mentioned in some discussions or maybe even, even debate. I think actually we're looking, watching some Senate hearings. And reached out to these these professors to talk with them more about some questions I had, and from that point, I got into it with some YouTubers that were big time pro climate change, man's you know evil and going to destroy the world unless we take action like right now. Even now is too late. We're doomed. It's man's going to destroy the world, and that really sparked me to do more and more homework and research, contact more of the, uh, the professors at some of these universities and ask the questions and even got into a phone call discussion that lasted a long time with Don Easterbrook up in the University of Washington. And he's, a, he's kind of like one of the, like the, the um, stereotypical uncle that you could call and, you know, he'll talk your ear off about something that he's knowledgeable about. It was one of those kind of conversations. It was almost like he was part of, the fa- part of my family. Uh, by the time we're done. And then, of course, Roy Spencer down in Huntsville, Alabama. And I started, getting, started following their work, as well as following the works of prominent scientists from NASA to see what they were producing. And then some of the local blogs and some of these, like the uh, Union of Concerned Scientists, understanding what, where, what their positions and what their information, where that was coming from and what their logic was. And so it became just this, you know, I opened a Pandora's box of just information coming at you in all directions, from all different sides with data that's just, you know, unimaginable amounts of data that they're, they're correlating and drawing conclusions from. So it became a kind of a fascinating uh, topic that I just got in, very enthralled with and sort of digging deeper and deeper into. Till, uh, and then, of course, that did make me popular amongst a lot of my friends who were, you know, on the left on a lot, many issues, but mainly on this. Even the ones that were on the right that were still believing in anthropogenic climate what they've been reading or what they've been told. Those all became very heated conversations because everyone thinks they know the answer. Like, how could you not know this? This is settled science. The settled science term is is ringing from everybody, along with the ninety seven percent of all scientists think this. So that made me fueled me even more to 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 know more about it, to find out really, you know, what what was going on out there, and and to look at look at both sides, and then kind of draw my own conclusion. And the conclusion I've drawn is that it's not settled, and there's so much more to know that. You can never make policy decisions based on the information that we know today. And that's kind of where, where I, how I got interested and in, in how I got to the point where I am today on the topic. Okay, yeah, very interesting. Um, does anyone have any questions for Zanuck on, on, on that aspect of the topic? Yeah, I mean, it's good of you that you went out and like tried to get a primary source, right? That you tried to talk to a, someone that, quote unquote, an expert in the field. Right. I think. I'm taking it filtered through the news media. Yeah, just go right to the source. What do you, you know, what's your research telling you? What do you have to say to the people that are saying these other, you know, coming from this other position? And here's their conclusion based on the same data. What do you say? To that? And they gave us, gave me some pretty, you know, descriptive and, and uh, detailed answers, both in. Technically, as well as in layman terms, so I don't know how everyone thinks this is settled science. I really don't, but 
like it's like you said, it's at the beginning of this, it's more of a cult following of, of these uh of society right now. And really it's just a media it's just a media circus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um and I suppose most people nowadays would only believe that this is true because they heard it on television. Um I saw a really good meme about um about another another subject, <laughs> coronavirus, um, yeah. where where the meme was like, and it, but it applies to this. The reason I'm bringing it up, uh, the meme just said like how to, you know, they found a f- cure for coronavirus, and it was just a man throwing a TV out of a window. Um, yeah. I feel like that applies <laughs> to this as well. Yeah. Now they're saying the masks are the best vaccination, so they're kind of walking a lot of the, the statement initially back quite a bit. For some reason, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Maybe we can separate. Um, it is interesting because so many of these opinions that people have nowadays, they don't realize they're just literally straight from the television. Even if they don't watch the television, the people they watch on YouTube or the people they watch on other TikTok or whatever, they got those opinions from the television. So it's almost like this weird knock-on effect now, where the television will tell people what they think they know, and then it spreads throughout the social networks, but no one's actually looked at any primary data. Right, right. Can you even get primary data? That's the thing. It hasn't already been massaged by the people collecting the data, right? They give you, like, their interpretation, you know, or selective uh, correlations of the data. As Zanuck was showing it with his graphs, right, that they're feeding the data to other people, but that data is scrubbed. It's not the full data set. It's uh, it's the data data set that they want to show. Oh, you're going to love the last slide I just posted. If you have access to the chat, good segue to that particular slide. So Noah takes all the station information over five five or me, and they have the reported data. And then they have the measured data. They're different. The measured data is not what they report. They change it, and they have their reasons, and some of them may be less nefarious than others, but the fact that they change it and not really upfront with it is a little bit worrisome. So there you go. What data do you believe? The actual data? Can you have access to the actual data? Or do you have to look at the reported data, which could be massaged and changed for whatever reason? And no one, no one in, you know, in science, you know, I feel like that's sort of making the fiscal decisions on correlations based on this data, regardless of where we came from. Does NOAA, NOAA uses satellites that measure the sea levels, right? Is that their uh, thing? They, they do with, with, they have buoys and things and they have satellite information on the sea level rise. Yeah, they, have, they get it from all, all different areas. Okay. The information actually used to make the decision is really the, the crux here. They, they, they kind of pick and choose, they cherry pick what they want to use to kind of validate their their narrative, I guess, from what I've, what I've seen. Yeah, they're not just giving you raw data. They're doing statistical weighting of the data. Yes. So outliers will be scrubbed as if they didn't exist, and then they'll be uh, processing, like, you know, the, the narrow middle and drawing conclusions from it as if the the ends didn't exist. Well, this is even worse. This is raw alteration. This is saying, hey, this data from 1920, we're going to raise it because of these factors. We think the thermometers were 
inaccurate or maybe they're positioned in the wrong, they're too close to the surface. Uh, whatever the reasoning is, they've changed the actual data and reported it differently than it actually was to show more warming. Well, shouldn't, so check this out. Shouldn't the mistake in, in, okay, say whatever the reason was, right, that, you know, thermometers weren't accurately placed. So they're all placed wrong so that it reads a lower temperature. So wouldn't that be randomized too? Mm -hmm. So that it actually just like washes out eventually that it's just because it's random, right? Random in both directions. You should, it should have no effect. Right. But, but that's the problem. So they, they change it. Those, they think those, those thermometers were much lower than they were, uh, you know, 80, 90 years ago. So we're going to lower all those temperatures. And then when we get down to the recent periods of, you know, 1980 till now, uh, that, that, those, that data actually looks about right. So we're not going to change it. So what happens is you have this, this inclination of the temperature rise that starts out very low and goes very high and says, oh, we have a dramatic temperature change. We have changed X amount of degrees because of, you know, according to this information. But in actuality, the reported, the measured data doesn't show much rise at all over the last 100 years. So what do you believe? What are you supposed to believe? How do you, how do you, how do you look at that and make decisions based on the information? So what's their... Um... What's their evidence for the inaccuracy of the prior measurement techniques? Do they have yeah, any actual evidence of that, or it's just a claim? No, no this, is, this, this is the actual, they, they, this is actually a NOAA chart. Yeah, yeah, so but they, I mean, they say that the previous temperature data is somehow incorrect. Right. Do they have any evidence that it's incorrect? Like, what is it? Is it like, yeah, yeah we yeah. tested these thermometers and they always read wrong or something like that? Yeah, I, I truly don't remember, but there was a good story. And I'm going to dig it up because you've kind of prompted me to remember again what happened or investigate to figure out what that, the answer is because I'm now curious because I don't remember. I remember it was something logical. I don't know how much I believe of it, but it, it made sense at the time. Being I a rationalization. It. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, this is NASA NOAA, man. This is NASA NOAA doing some, and this is, you know, present, this is, this data is available on their site. It's on, it's in presentations. It's stamped with their NOAA. Uh, let's see what I have. Uh, here we go. This is, a, this is actually an official um, document. The difference between the raw and final USHCN data sets. This is 1900 to 1999. So why the difference um, now versus back in the 1910s? That's, that's what I want to know. Looks like it's been altered upward. Final minus raw data. Okay. Minus raw data off. Looks like almost the opposite, huh? Anyway, that's a NOAA admission that they did, you know, changes. They made changes from raw to final data sets in this particular graph from 2000, from 1950 to 2000, they've uh, made changes. So I'm going to find out why they did that, what the logic was or what the evidence was. Well, I don't think this is like typically acceptable practice. I don't. I don't think like if you use this technique, right, to say publish a paper that you would actually get published, they would say like you, know, you need more than that. I mean, you would need you would need to publish a separate paper about why the uh, this data needs to be adjusted like that, and that would have to be pretty solid. Right. 
You would need some physical mechanism. You can't just like say, oh, it's this way. You would need like right. actual experimental tests. Like, yeah, we took a bunch of thermometers from 1920 and we tested them. They all like had these problems with it. We think temperature was underestimated in the past. We need something solid, not just like, yeah, we just feel that they were just reading low at the past at some point and we decided that we were going to just correct it the way we saw fit. But all that makes you think if they, you know, who's really in charge here, how they're making their decisions, and what data they're actually using, and why. And why can't they all come together? If they're scientists, this is what's so crazy about it. Especially scientists who are, you know, bred to question, to challenge each other, to like almost to the point where the person that challenges the most with the most outrageous challenges and, and wins is the most respected, right? So everyone, in order to be a respected scientist, the whole idea, the goal of them is to find to, 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 to prove someone wrong and prove them right, you know. And then next guy will try to prove them wrong. I mean, that's what the science is, how the science field works. Fantastic. Okay, guys. Yeah, let's let's move on to the afternoon. Um I think we've we've um, got a lot of good content for today. So, um, Zanik, if you wouldn't mind just joining us just to shoot the shit for like 10 minutes. Sure. Um, afterwards. And, um, yeah, thanks very much for coming on. You've been a fantastic guest. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and play the outro. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you're a great guest. You're almost as good as Danny on your book. Come on. Just top act. <laughs> oh. Favoritism, isn't it? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Why would they lie? 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 Why would they lie?